Welcome to Bavada's At Odds Podcast. It is Super Bowl week. I'm Chris Horwardell filling in for Seth Everett this week, and I'm joined by the man behind the curtain, Bavada Sportsbook Master Prognosticator and Head Odds Maker, Patrick Morrow. Patrick, how's it going? I'm doing well, Chris. This is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, we are posting so much absolute nonsense for the Super Bowl, as well as who's <laughs> going to win the game itself. Uh, we get to be creative. We are taking off our power ranking hats. We are locked and loaded into TMZ updates. Uh, it, it's a bit bizarre, but uh, that's what we're trying to do. We have a little bit of something for everybody. It's, uh, again, my favorite time of year, so I, I'm doing just great. Yeah, and by the way, I do want to just address up at the top, uh, filling in for Seth. Thrilled, thrilled to do it. Uh, unfortunate circumstances that that we find ourselves in right now, but our, our thoughts are with you, buddy, and uh, I'm sure all the listeners are looking forward to you getting back here next week. Yep. Love you, Seth, and hope you're back soon. Well, before we dig into everything we have going on, and there is uh, there is just a ton. What's going on with baseball? Is, is there a is this Bavada have a start date? What's what do you guys have on the site right now? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's a bit tricky uh, with the uh, labor situation right now. Uh, I, I know a lot of pro sports betters uh, that uh, I mix with a bit. They're very frustrated because they want to be you know they're they have their models ready to bet preseason baseball. And it's just, it's, it's not there. We have no dates for anything. Um, all we have on the website right now for baseball, uh, it's, it's pretty lonely. We've got some World <laughs> Series futures, but at this time in a normal year, we would have the divisional stuff out there. We'd be looking to these spring training games. We'd be wondering what kind of chaos we'd be dealing with when it comes to the grading of incomplete games or managers who just decide, yeah, this inning's over. Uh, uh, spring training <laughs> is a difficult time of year for us to handicap the odds of Pavada. But uh, yeah, so I, I guess we've gotten a little bit of reprieve because I, I think for advantage players, this time of year is very attractive because we're obviously focused on the Super Bowl. We are focused on NBA and college basketball, college basketball, which continues to see crazy growth year over year at Bavada. And so it's a really good time to be betting baseball or some of the, I don't want to say lesser known sports, but the lesser volume sports, because we just simply don't have the resources to pay attention to it. So, uh, you know, we obviously hope baseball comes back, but uh, we are, and I, hopefully it comes back soon, but, uh, you know, we're actually okay if, uh, some of those spring training games are missed out, at least on our end. What is sort of the what is the totem pole at, at Bavada for the the most popular sports? Is it, is it is it football, soccer, basketball? Where where do we land? Right. So there's been uh, so it, right at, right at the gate. There's no surprise that the absolute top it is the NFL. The NFL is king. Uh, what we have seen as an interesting evolution the last few years. Uh, and it's not too surprising, but college uh, football for the longest time was a very, very clear number two. And uh, NBA has recently supplanted it. And the hmm. reason why is uh, it's the amount of in-game wagering that's really taken off uh, in NBA. And, you know, we've started to see that trickle down to college basketball as well, where now, uh, because and because there's so much NBA, right? You know, they play 82 games in a normal season. They're playing every single night, multiple games. The NFL, the NFL is working on it. They're not quite seven days a week. <laughs> maybe, maybe five years from now, uh, we'll be talking about uh, NFL every single day, 365 days a year, because why yeah. stop? Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's really uh, NFL, then NBA. Uh, college football, which used to be in that two slot. Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at uh, really uh, European football, soccer has uh, become a massive presence at Bavada with, uh, you know, I, and really, you know, you've seen uh, MLS take off. You've seen uh, you just, you know, more cable deals and streaming deals done with uh, European football. So there's this growing uh, viewership, just more broadly overall for soccer that's had it even supplant uh, the wagering that takes place on major league baseball 
and on um, the NHL, which is unfortunately as a Canadian, uh, the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to U.S. <laughs> facing or North American facing sports. So that's okay. Uh, if it's just me and hockey, uh, I'll get by. Oh, I think I'm part of the problem. I know, uh, I know Seth is a big hockey fan, big Devils fan. I, I guess I would identify as a Flyers fan, but I, you know, Claude Giroux, there you go. I, there, and Carter Hart. That's about as far as I can go into that. Oh, I, I love Claude Giroux. So that's okay. That was a good pull. He was what? Uh, he won one of the MVPs during the All-Star Weekend thing. I don't know. It's, hey, <laughs> this, this, is, this, is my, this is my hockey knowledge. But we do have another major uh, sporting event going on. The Winter Olympics have begun. And I guess my question to you, how in the world do you guys have enough time to put in the required research to create all of these odds for the Olympics? It's, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you right out of the gate, it's not easy. It's, uh, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we actually... We, we thought it was kind of going to be like a good news, bad news thing with China and that China is like ultra lockdown, ultra COVID serious. We just thought, okay, once the athletes actually get there, uh, there's probably no issue. They're going to be competing because everything is so we've had COVID positive cases at the China Olympics so far. So we have had to void competitors. We've had to completely rethink our odds for some events uh, when we've had people pull out. Uh, it's I, We have a team of about 20 people dedicated just to the Winter Olympics right now. And uh, honestly, it, it may have been a bit of a miss. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident and comfortable with the offering that we have out there, but we're just not seeing the kind of betting on this Winter Olympics that we've seen in past uh, Summer Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics in other country, and uh, I, I don't know exactly. I could guess, I could speculate as to why that uh, may or may not be. Certainly the hour of the events uh, right. doesn't help a lot of uh, U.S. customers, or a lot of U.S. viewers, I should say. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot to keep on top of, and uh, you know, I, I do think that one thing that we've gotten better at is that uh, so many of these Olympic events, it's not you go out there the first time and and that's your gold medal race. There's a lot of qualifying. There's a lot of practice runs. And uh, being on top of that in real time is really, really important. And being ready for those overreactions to someone who has a good qualifying heat and what that means, uh, you know, for the semifinals and the finals of other runs. Uh, we just by the nature of having done this for as long as we have, have gotten better. But it's still, it's a really attractive event for Advantage players to come hit us at Bavada just because there's so much out there and there's so much that we're still aspiring to be experts at, but we're still not quite there for a lot of them. Yeah, I think you hit the the nail on the head there with these start times. Is I, I'll say I, I enjoy the Olympics, but I'm not going to stay up until or get up for a 4 a.m. biathlon start time. I think uh, what I really struggle with as well is someone who is on Twitter all the time, uh, definitely to a fault, uh, my wife would say, even my coworkers <laughs> would say, but I am hooked. There is no better place in the world to experience breaking news. But also, and this is something that really hit home uh, during the last two years of COVID, uh, it, is, it is the online sports bar. Uh, for live events. And I think, you know, when, especially in Canada, because we've been uh, much more locked down uh, than various parts of the US have been, uh, it is a way to in real time react to what everyone else is seeing, watching and doing. And that just doesn't hit uh, if you're not getting up for 4am to watch it live. And even then, like, you know, you're most people have surrendered and gone to bed. I've never been that kind of guy that can wake up the next day, the event is already over and known, and I can, you know, go back and watch it and think, yes, this is actually how it just doesn't hit me the same way I struggle. And I think part of that is because I do so much live betting. I'm so much on top of events that I care about. It just, it feels weird. I can't do it. So uh, a lot of this Olympics I have passed when the Canadian women play the U S women though, uh, in ice hockey, that is the one event that whatever time they schedule that for, I will be there for that because as a hockey mad Canuck, uh, that is the one thing that I will, you know, set a schedule for. 
Well, and that was actually the, the next thing I wanted to talk about. Congratulations to your Canadian women's hockey team. First for the, the 6-1 to win over Russia, and then they earned the top seed with a, what, a 4-2 to win over the U.S.? Perhaps most importantly, that 6-1 that win over Russia came while wearing N95 masks. Man, I wish that was a bigger story. Yeah, you know, that, that was interesting, right? Right? Because in Canada, we're, we're doing some protests right now. And the kind of thinking was, well, you know, if, if these these uh, highly acclaimed uh, female athletes are able to beat the Russians to the extent they did, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. surely the rest of us can just uh, suck it up and get on with it. Uh, l- listen, I, I got to say, I, I we can mask up against Russia. We can mask up against the Swedes. I don't like our odds that we have to mask up against the Americans when we ev- eventually uh, face up against them again in the medal round when the games really count. So it, it, it was a nice story, a bit of an odd story. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad they got the W, but uh, I hope that's the last time I have to see them masked up, especially as uh, competition just increases. Yeah, it would be it would be wonderful if we could see all of us masked up a little bit less as we uh, we start to move forward. It was actually kind of depressing. I was listening to your show during last week's uh, during last year's Super Bowl, and you talked about how, uh, you know, we, we were getting, you know, we're looking towards herd immunity in the summer and all that stuff. And well, here we are a year later. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of those, uh, you know, we're, we're just around the corner. And, uh, you know, this is it. Uh, I, I still remember our prime minister in Canada giving uh, an end of year kind of like a New Year's preview, a uh, final interview. They're just like, I'm so excited for 2021. Like, we're, we did it, we're turning the corner. And I just, yeah, that, that's I, I, I darkly laugh at that now when I, I, I think about that. But I, I, I mean, you know, it's it's not just a Canada thing. I think a lot of people thought we were going to be further along, whether it's the mm-hmm. US, UK, wherever uh, it does. Fingers crossed seem like some things are trending towards a bit of normalization and a bit of acceptance as to what we can and can't do with this virus. But uh, yeah, I, I, I personally, I wish we were further along, but uh, I, I, I do think we're going in ever so slightly in the right direction. For ever so slightly, yes. Ever so slightly, <laughs> inch by inch. I will tell you, on last week's show, you said something, you posed a question to Seth that had me had me screaming at my computer because he didn't <laughs> immediately know what you were talking about. So I need to ask you, have Bavada's Jamaican bobsled team liabilities leveled out at all since then? <laughs> No, there's still, uh, listen, uh, the, the faith is still there with the Jamaican bonds. <laughs> it is. So that, that is a funny thing with the Olympics, right? I, you know, like I, I said myself, like, hey, listen, we are we are aspiring experts, but we are by no means experts. Uh, I, I do thank some of our players for being uh, sentimental when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. who they're b- backing. And listen, I get and this is something that, you know, I'll even segue to Sirius uh, for a second. This is one thing that I do caution to U.S. players that are playing with us because so much of our player base is uh, U.S. driven. You are probably not always getting the best odds on U.S. competitors because if so many people who are going to be casually betting this and if you're not backing the Jamaican bobsled team like uh, some did, uh, you're probably not getting great odds on the Americans. And the Americans, ha- generally speaking, have already pretty good odds as it is. They are highly competitive in Winter Olympics, not as much as they are the Summer Olympics, but they're there. But yeah, looking at the updated Jamaican odds uh, to win the men's bobsled, they've gone uh, from 150 to 1 to 200 150 to one. So we have wow. seen their odds uh, dramatically kind of drop uh, even worse on the women's side, actually the women's female bobsled odd uh, currently up to 500 to one at Bavada. So early qualifying hasn't gone so well for them, but uh, Hey, they're still on the board. So they still got a shot. It broke my heart that he clearly did not immediately know what you were talking about. When you're talking about bobsledding, there can only be one thing. It's the Jamaican bobsled team and all the more impressive. They're doing this without Dougie Doug. They're doing this without Malik Yoba. This is, this 
is a cast of unknowns. <laughs> that's that's right. But I mean, you know, depending on how this goes, this will be streaming on Disney Plus in a couple of years if they do the unthinkable. So that's what I'm holding out for. Well, and they remade the Fresh Prince, so they can remake uh, Cool Runnings, I guess. Oh, I did see that preview. Uh, it looks far too serious uh, to me. Um, you know, uh, I, when I think of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's it's got to be Uncle Phil throwing, uh, you know, Will out the door every single time. Or not Will, sorry. He threw uh, Jazz out the door. Uh, mm-hmm. Will generally got uh, a better treatment, at least when it came to the front door situation. But yeah, I, I, I did see the preview. It looks a little too serious for me. I like the lighthearted sitcom stuff, but uh, oh, well, hopefully, hopefully it works out. I, it's not going to. I always thought it would be funny if uh, they would have brought back the original Ant Viv to play that role. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good a, a good redemption arc for her uh, i can't remember exactly what happened but did she complain uh, about will smith at some point when she was on the show and that was it yeah, she got replaced that's exactly it and then there was yeah. uh they did the fresh prince of Re- Bella reunion on uh, i think it was hbo max in the summer and there was a very uncomfortable conversation between the two of them where they assured each other that they loved each other and it was nothing <laughs> i did yeah, not believe it no, she she had no idea at the time just how big he was going to be and blow up. I, I wonder if that had any other ramifications outside of the show, just constantly being blacklisted for parts because Will Smith was just leaning on producers uh, inside and outside of Hollywood. I wonder. I'll have to check out the IMDb later to see if she found success <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, who could have thought the, the the little rapper from Philadelphia became one of the biggest uh, biggest stars in the world? You, you can't predict that kind of thing. Although you see the charisma, you have to kind of get out of the way a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so, listen, we were tuning in for Aunt Viv, uh, regardless of which actress is playing her. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Uh, speaking of not tuning in for things, the Pro Bowl happened. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead. Give me your thoughts. All right. I, I, well, yeah. So like the Pro Bowl happened and, you know, audible sigh. Uh, I, I listen, it would be, it would be far more fun if they did like the Madden punt pass and kick competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, than whatever it is they're trotting out there. And I get it. It, It's a difficult sport to go half speed or in a lot of cases, no speed whatsoever. Um, And it's, you know, football is the kind of sport that you you need to be hitting hard. You need to be executing at high levels. And to go through the motions like that, you're just going to get people hurt. Or worse, uh, on the Sunday we just watched, uh, just really bad gameplay, really unwatchable stuff. Uh, we had live betting at Bavada for it, uh, but just we, we did super low limits because it seemed like, you know, they would hit the accelerator in some phases and then they would just slow completely down. I remember the in-game over-under shot up to... Uh, just below 100 at one point. Uh, and that was early wow. on where it looked like no defense was going to be played. And then that kind of normalized a little bit and helped. But it's, uh, you know, I I really, I, I got to say, uh, I I don't like putting odds on the site for a lot of gimmicky stuff. And some of the stuff that we have on the Super Bowl feels less gimmicky than the Pro Bowl. The national anthem betting, to me, is less gimmicky than the Pro Bowl. Uh, I really wish we could do away with it. But uh, as my bosses always tell me, if it's something on the field and people want to bet it, we're posting odds. We're talking about do away with Pro Bowl betting. <laughs> I would love to do away with Pro Bowl betting. Uh, listen, uh, the kind of action that we get on this stuff uh, is if it's uh, as soon as it's posted, we're only getting the kind of action that's either incredibly sharp or incredibly degenerate. And we're not getting <laughs> enough of the incredibly degenerate <laughs> to justify it. It's, uh, you know, it's a very difficult uh, event for us to book. And then when you see how the players uh, actually playing in the game, uh, how they take it, it's just kind of like, ah. Uh, all right, let's lower the limits again. Let's lower the limits again because anyone that's able to properly price in motivation of individual players or teams, different spots, they're going to do a lot better than us who is actually trying to add team A and team B together and try and crack out a win probability and how many uh, expected points are coming along for the ride. So it's, it's you know, again, it's, I, we, it's easier for us to handicap the national anthem 
than it is for us to do the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, and I think Seth alluded to this last week that, you know, for those people who are just on the site, F5ing, refreshing, waiting for those Pro Bowl odds to come out that, you know, 1-800-GAMBLER is a, is a number to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you're in those 1% of players that uh, is able to, you know, project uh, motivation. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the, 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 and that's the other thing. Like I, I look at uh, where Bavada is now versus, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. And there just weren't nearly as many betting options. The Pro Bowl was something you bet on because it was, there was nothing else on, on mm. that Sunday. And, you know, I, I look at our live offerings now on a Sunday, you know, we have the college basketball, we have the NBA, we have, uh, you, know, you know, NASCAR racing is right there on weekends. Well, golf, golf is something that I got into betting a lot myself during uh, uh, the early days of COVID because it was one of the few sports that, uh, you know, th there were limitations on it, but they were playing because it's an outdoor sport with a lot of distance. Mm -hmm. uh, golf was able to come back uh, a lot faster than a lot of other sports did so that was you know one to get into and there's really good advanced analytics in golf betting there's the greens and regulation stuff there's looking at uh, you know how different players play on different courses with different wind with different irons and uh, you can really build something sustainable to bet into golf in a way that I never really thought of prior to COVID. I know we have it on the website, but it wasn't personally something that I was spending my time really watching or betting. Golf to me was always something that, you know, you throw on on Sunday, you lay down on the couch and maybe you wake up on the final hole. But the hole by hole stuff that we do with it now is really, really exciting. Allows you to get the kind of bets down that uh, are resolving themselves within, you know, 10, 15 minutes sometimes, which players love. Players love the, uh, the ability to bet on what's happening next. And with so many different golfers teeing off on so many different holes betting you know birdie green regulation fairway and regulation stuff like that uh it just becomes a new way to really be on top of and have exciting bets on a sport that otherwise isn't really that exciting unless it's a hole in one unless it's competitive on sunday so uh all that to be said uh if you're still betting the pro bowl when we've got all this other stuff out branch out folks expand your horizon there's a beautiful wide betting world out there that doesn't involve the pro bowl there's just no way to accurately represent what's going to happen. Like you said, who's going to care? It feels, I know you guys at Bavada do the, the NFL Sims. It feels, <laughs> it feels more like you could get an accurate representation instead of real line for a simulation of the Pro Bowl, just putting all the players in Madden or whatever it is you do, than actually having these guys on the field. Yes, exactly. Because none of these, uh, you know, digital uh, Madden athletes are holding out for performance incentives or, you know, they're looking to uh, get traded away from the team. They are out there just zero, zero one wanting as much as their little digital hearts will allow them and as a result it allows us to build a, a database of information on these games you know we've done something like 900 nfl sim games at bavada wow. which is already way more than every pro bowl which has had you know different rule <laughs> changes different players so yeah absolutely and it, it's funny that you note this we have higher in-game live betting limits for nfl sims at bavada than we did the live odds for the pro bowl with actual players playing an actual sport wow uh, and uh, it's still, uh, so I chuckled when you referenced Sims, because I still cannot believe, I really thought this was something we were going to end when, uh, let's call it real sports, uh, mm -hmm. came back and all of them came back. And we're still doing the NFL Sims at Bavada because it is still popular with players. Now, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with the Twitch broadcast. We're throwing in the gifts and the music, which obviously gets censored immediately after the <laughs> broadcast from Twitch, because we play fast and loose with that. But uh, it, th there's like a core group of like three or 400 players that are still betting NFL Sims each day so i i did not expect that in 2022 we would still be talking about and referencing nfl sims but uh it just goes to show that uh, people will bet on literally anything and i agree though nfl sims higher bet integrity than the nfl pro bowl 
you're you are absolutely right when i first saw those i thought oh you know this is a it's a fun way to fill in when we don't have real sports heck we're talking about the kbo two years ago and nobody cares yes, about that's the right. KBO anymore i don't i don't know what the kawoom heroes were up to this season but uh yeah that's, it's very cool that it just kind of uh, it just kind of stayed in place are is the nfl sim well, i guess how many other sims do you guys do is the nfl sim the most popular so at this point, uh, the NFL Sims is the only one that survived uh, okay. just because the other games that we trotted out, uh, you know, th they were popular, they were making money, but on a sliding scale, there started to just be a diminishing returns. But we uh, had screwed around with uh, NBA Sims. Uh, FIFA Sims was popular for a while. We tried uh, NHL Sims, but we eventually with some of these uh, smaller games, I guess, uh, we kind of ran into a buzzsaw of players that... Uh, I suspect we're using some kind of computer uh, driven like cheat engine software to play through more games than hmm. we could to just simulate the amount of results. Like, that's all you need to do to beat these games or to be successful in them is just uh, play through them enough times to get an accurate sample of what happens when, let's say, the Tennessee Titans play the Jacksonville Jaguars and the weather is set to rain. If you know all that stuff, you can run that into a cheat engine, play it a million times and get uh, you know a good output of probabilities. We have the resources to do that for the NFL sims but uh, the more and more when uh, traditional sports came back, uh, we could not devote the amount of bodies to keep it going with the FIFA, the NBA, and the NHL, just because the uh, generic, uh, uh, I, I guess, kind of better interest in those sports just wasn't quite there to justify the resources continuing. So uh, it, it was a very fun ride for as long as it did. And for the, on the NFL side, uh, incredible that it still is something that people care about. I guess people will look for any advantage in any opportunity. Uh, you know what? I, I will also say uh, what really helped, uh, I think, uh, keep that along uh, or keep it relevant, I guess, uh, was Twitch itself. And it really allowed us, uh, similar to how uh, we were talking earlier about how Twitter allows you to experience or bet on something as a community, really just react to it in real time. And the Twitch chat feature, I was just in there uh, yesterday uh, monitoring one of the games that was being broadcast, and I still see all of these same names that were there <laughs> March 2020. They're still complaining about Dak Prescott running backwards for 60 yards, which is a beautiful Madden, uh, you know, just glitch in the game that we've tracked it now. He's done nine times where he misses the handoff to the running back and then just runs all the way back towards the zone ends on first safety. Players are aware of this now for multiple years and will still bet good deals of money on Dallas Cowboys sim games, knowing that. And it's this sense of community in that these guys are talking about their sims bets, but, you know, now they're talking about other bets they might be playing at Bovada, you know, so we kind of without planning, we created this place for Bovada players to hang out on Twitch and talk about their NFL Sims bet, but talk about their hockey bets they're going to be placing that night, the NBA bets, who, who does everybody like for the Super Bowl? Uh, we, we definitely didn't plan that, but I think that's part of why it's had the staying power that it does have. Well, while we're talking about fake sporting events, the last thing before we dig into the Super Bowl, how's the action been on the Puppy Bowl this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the Puppy Bowl. That is one of my favorite, uh, you know, low-key events today. Like everyone likes to have that early bet on the hockey game uh, in the afternoon. They like to look at the NBA. The, like, everyone loves to, if, if you're a degenerate better or just an advantage player, like I like to, I think I straddle the line depending on the day between degenerate player or advantage player. I like to think I'm more of the latter. But when it comes to the Puppy Bowl, I, I, I still remember the first time at the office watching that and just think, oh yeah, this is great. Uh, and we were all betting amongst ourselves. We were betting on, you know, which animal is going to make the first uh, turnover? Uh, as it currently stands, uh, rough versus fluff is a pick'em right now oh. at Bovada. So we we don't have uh, we don't we don't have much of an opinion out there yet. We will let the players kind of guide us a little bit. We will be mindful for leaks because we do know that that is something that is. Uh, 
pre-taped. We know it's yeah. not live on Super Bowl Sunday. So the limits are a little bit lower than uh, on some of the stuff that we will actually see live on Sunday. But uh, it, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, I, again, you can lean into the Super Bowl so many different ways on Sunday. Uh, I like to start with the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> Well, I thought it was interesting last week that you guys mentioned the Bavada line opened at Bengals plus four. And a week later, as we're speaking right now, that lane, that line is still Bengals plus four. I was curious, how common is it that we see this degree of lack of movement? Yeah. So, um, I, it's, it's not that common. Um, there has been like a little bit of movement, but then it kind of came back. So we opened four, we moved to four and a half. We've got, come back to four. So I would say barring something really coming out of left field, you know, this line has been established now for more than a week. We are probably uh, not expecting to see uh, any more movement yet, barring injury or COVID or something else. And, and part of the reason why it has kind of stayed at that number, at least with us at Bavada, has been uh, a fairly reasonable split in terms of betting on that line. We're seeing about 53% of all bets on the Rams at minus four right now. And uh, I, I think that's kind of gearing towards, you know, it's likely that this stays on four, four, four is not as key of a number as three or three and a half in football, but it is still meaningful. It's a seven, three mm-hmm. score. It's a 14, 10 game. It's a 24, 20. It is very, it's a very much a number that is in play and not one that you want to move off of, uh, really without a good reason driving it because you will have, play- as soon as we go to four and a half, uh, you will have players that will take that extra half point and really, really love it. If they're just waiting on the sidelines right now. And that is, you know, one of the best things about the Super Bowl is that because you have so much time leading up to it. You can wait on the sidelines for as long as you like and just say, you know what? I kind of like the Bengals plus four now, but I don't think it's going to go lower. And I think I might get a better price come Sunday. So you can kind of sit on the sidelines and wait for your opportunity to jump in. Now, if you're someone that really liked the under in this game, you did not waste any time at all. Uh, that over under opened at 50 and uh, within a couple of days, it dropped down to the 48 and a half that we're seeing now. Uh, so some of these lines will move, but I, I think at this point, uh, Chris, uh, just under half a week away from the Super Bowl, uh, you're not going to see any of the dramatic movements that we might've seen earlier. Uh, the next big move will probably come on the Sunday itself when limits go up again that one last final time and people that have been waiting on the sidelines because they don't want to show their hand just yet. They want to place that first big meaningful bet when they can get down as much as they can. I think that's where we'll maybe see the last most, impact, last most impactful move Sorry, is on Super Bowl Sunday itself. It's interesting because to me, it seems like, you know, Rams minus four feels right. I, I like that bet. And I don't think it's any great secret that, you know, media attention influences betting, especially for the more casual fans. This past couple of weeks has been nothing but a media love fest with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you think that pushes the casual fan in that direction at all? I, I think it does. And uh, we're seeing it a bit on the money line right now as, uh, and, and this is a trend that we see in a lot of Super Bowls, Chris, we see uh, the favorite a little bit more popular on the spread, but we see the underdog uh, just get that much more uh I don't want to say recreational, but that much more public money, uh, cer- certainly that much more public money than uh, we would normally uh, expect on the underdogs in this spot. And uh, I-, I think part of that is just uh, a lot of people will look at it and just say, well, you know, if the-, if the Bengals can cover plus four, why do I want to pay minus 110 for that? I think the Bengals can win this game outright. Plus 160 looks so much nicer and pays that so much more handsomely to the casual player that just says, yeah, the Bengals can do it. And I think, listen, I, I-, I-, I- I'm at risk of, of uh, falling under that media spell a little bit because I love Joe Burrow. I, I thought what he did at LSU was awesome. I, you know, the fact that he was able to come back from his knee injury when so many QBs don't come back or don't 
come back uh, at the same level. And I think he's come back at a higher level. I love Jamar Chase. I love that storyline. You know, the Rams and Matt Stafford. Listen, Matt Stafford is not great over Goff uh, easily, easily. But, uh, you know, the Rams are otherwise kind of a, you know, I was going to say a boring team. But, uh, you know, like McVay is very to the point. Uh, Stafford's very to the point. But that defense is scary, scary good. And I think as much as you like Joe Burrow, as much as you like Jamar Chase, uh, that Bengals offensive line is brutal. And I think that's the big difference in this game. I think uh, the Bengals have the advantage at QB. I think uh, the Rams just have that much more weapons on defense. And uh, looking at our MVP uh, future odds for the game, this is the most we've ever taken on a defensive player. Aaron Donald Hmm. went all the way from 50 to one to win the MVP to 20 to one. He's now down to 15 to one. And we have more money bet on him, a defensive player, than we do on any other player on the board, uh, which is the first for us at Bovada. We have people that, you know, like to take shots at defensive players, but we've never had a defensive player take the most amount of bets. So I think that really speaks to, you know, one of the underrated narratives is that, yeah, the Bengals might be sexy. Burrow and Jamar Chase are awesome, but that offensive line uh, has a really good chance of creating some defensive heroes on the other side of the ball. Absolutely. And Aaron Donald is generational good going up against a very mediocre offensive line, like you said. So that is that is unbelievable, though. I'm I'm shocked to hear that he's taken the most money of any player for MVP. That's that that feels like a potential liability for the for the company. Oh yeah, very much so, very much so. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, I would just say right out of the gate, the other uh, players that are getting uh, you know kind of secondary action, but uh, represent liabilities at Bavada right now. Uh, Cooper Cup at six to one. Uh, Cam Akers, 35 to one. And uh, th- this one made me laugh. Uh, again, I think I referenced it last week, but yeah, Evan, Evan McPherson, who uh, guaranteed <laughs> that they'd be going to the AFC championship game, ice water through his veins. He opened hundred to one. He was 50 to one last week. He's now down to 40 to one at Bavada because uh, l- listen, I-, I buy the Aaron Donald money. I really do. Uh, I, you know, I love the Aaron McPherson, uh, the Evan McPherson story. I don't think he's getting it uh, also because I-, I think if the Bengals are winning that game, I don't think they're doing it on field goals. I don't think they're doing it on a lot of field goals but uh hey i i very much may be wrong in this one it would be a really fun story if he was to do it 45 to 1 right now wow i i was listening to old episodes recently and uh, seth asked you a question that i think deserves to be asked again in Uh-oh. front of the super bowl what are your personal tips for the casual fan who wants to jump in have some fun and make some bets at bavada right i would say uh for the casual fan that wants to play, I I, I guess I would circle back to uh, just be mindful on uh, how you're utilizing, you know, social media to cultivate that kind of stuff. I, I mean, uh, one thing that I do as a bookmaker, and this is applicable on Super Bowl Sunday or week one of the NFL, is I have Twitter lists around, uh, you know, injuries and breaking news, whether it's the Adam Schefter, the Mortensons, the Rappaports and stuff like that. And I use TweetDeck around various topics that I want to be mindful of that day. Uh, you can use search terms, you can set it to uh, only using, you know, verified uh, Twitter accounts to give that information to ensure that you're getting, you know, something that you would hope is a little bit more on the up and up. I would just say, you know, figure out what you want to attack and then use uh, whether it's Twitter or whatever other tools to just, you know, really be optimal and optimizing how you're trying to cultivate that information. So if it's the national anthem stuff, uh, yeah, you know, you want to create some Twitter search strings around that. And because we have so much that we have to keep on top of, I would say, uh, you know, you're going to find some opportunities just by keep. And that's the beautiful thing with TweetDeck as opposed to Twitter. You don't need to be constantly refreshing. It refreshes for you in the background. You can forget about it for 30 minutes an hour. Come back, quick scroll. That's everything you miss. Uh, I would, I would say, really, you want to target things like maybe not the anthem per se because we've gotten a lot better at that. But anything that's uh, 
you know, will this person be shown or how many times mm-hmm. will this thing be mentioned? That's the kind of stuff that I will freely put out there that we are a little bit softer on that kind of stuff. Um, I think looking at how uh, previous networks have also uh, done production for the Super Bowl as well. Is, is NBC a little bit more conservative about showing stuff? Is Fox a little bit more glam about, oh, we love to highlight all the celebrities in the crowd. You can kind of look back at past Super Bowls and see how uh, networks uh, produce the game itself. And that'll kind of help guide uh, how you may want to participate in those betting markets. Yeah, you know what? They're really not going to be showing these people as often as they think, because that's not what that network does. So mm-hmm. I, I would just say that it's a unique opportunity to hit a lot of uh, stuff that we, we frankly, you know, we are, we are throwing numbers out there for a lot of it. And then we get better as the week progresses. But I, I would say go weird, go, go obscure. Uh, the easier tip though, because that was kind of a rambly one is if you kind of like a number now, especially a player prop, and especially if you like an under, wait until Super Bowl Sunday, wait until there's like a half hour, an hour left before the game kicks, because by then at half hour, an hour before the game kicks Super Bowl Sunday, we will have so much public money juicing up those overs on so many of those player passing stats. You are almost assuredly going to get a better price on the under for the majority of them, the vast majority of them, than you will if you bet them today. The public money will juice those numbers up on Super Bowl Sunday. So if you missed out on an under that you liked now, there's a pretty decent chance it'll be available just before kickoff again. By the way, credit to you. Uh, you actually gave away a winner on oh. last year's Super Bowl episode by uh, by saying that you like Daryl Williams under 40 yards. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to put you in a bad spot here, but do you have any similar <laughs> gems for the listeners? No, no, I'm I'm retiring at 100% uh, win rates. I'm I'm ready to go tout now. I've never lost a Super Bowl uh, bet that I put out there. Uh you know what? Uh, yeah, I I, I, I will refrain from a specific one just because uh, I, I'm not being cagey. I actually haven't placed a Super Bowl prop bet yet. Uh, I don't have a good reason for that. Just uh, nothing has availed itself to me. So I, I guess I would just lean back on a strategy that I, I will very much uh, put out there myself. Uh, I will, you know, I'm constantly looking for stuff, but I know that even though I will have other things that I need to be worrying about on Super Bowl Sunday, I will give myself 5, 10, 15 minutes, about an hour, half hour or so before kickoff to try and target some unders. So sadly, I, I don't have one for the players just yet but uh I, I i hope that that shows integrity that i wouldn't force a play onto the players as well so uh you know ho- hopefully uh hopefully afterwards uh, we can all reconvene about uh, what a profitable super bowl was but sadly i don't have anything specific just strategy well the super bowl is really a time where we see more casual betters getting involved uh logically i'd think they'd be more inclined to bet about things that they know which takes me to the halftime show of the <laughs> hundreds of props offered at bovada do you guys see more action on on-field or off-field props during the super bowl Ah, oh, that that's a great question uh, it really it, it depends on the prop itself and i think the halftime stuff um you know, th- th- there's a lot of uncertainty there just because we are not privy to the actual script and uh, mm-hmm. the rehearsals, although we try our best to try and get some rehearsal information. We do have uh, some people on the ground that trade in whispers that uh, have been, uh, generally speaking, more helpful than they have been harmful. We do have to be mindful of where those whispers are coming from. I will say, uh, you know, the, the national anthem and the coin toss, although I, I, I hate referencing the coin toss, but uh, for better or for worse, it is the kind of prop that uh, will get uh, far more betting than most player props we have on the game. Uh, it'll be just below the MVP. And it's because you don't have to think. It's, it's right there. It's easy. 
you know before the game starts whether you've got a winner or not. But I, I hate the coin toss. I love the people that bet the national anthem because that really is something where people think rightly or wrongly that they found an edge. And certainly in previous years, we see the movement on lines like the national anthem. That's the kind of stuff as a result that comes from so much money being bet on it uh, that that line will move and then it will move again and it'll move even more. And it will take more bets than, uh, again, a lot of those player props will. Uh, n- none of this stuff will match up to, you know, first quarter, first half full game result. But I would say that uh, exotics like the Anthem, um, which color Gatorade will be dumped on the winning coach is another good one. Or who will the MVP uh, thank or mention first after the game? That's the kind of stuff that can uh, hang a little bit with a lot of the player props being offered. But the halftime stuff uh, definitely is a tier below. Yeah, I saw, I was looking at the who will the MVP thank first uh, prop the other day. And man, every year I just desperately wanted to be none of the above. I just wanted to be, I did great. It was all me. Thank you. Well, you know what? There was actually a really good uh, trend and we, we were guilty of, uh, of this oversight as well, where it used to just be who will the Super Bowl MVP thank first. Uh, and now we have mentioned first as an important hmm. qualifier because Super Bowl MVP would just say, you know, hey, credit to our defense did this or credit to our, well, that's not really thanking them. And we kind of right. found ourselves out on a ledge uh, a lot of years on these really high payout odds on does not mention any of the above. So that is a nice historical advantage play for players that would, you know, kind of catch us on a tech, uh, you know, yeah, he absolutely mentioned the coach, the owner of the city, God, Jesus team mates, uh, whomever, but he didn't actually thank them. And as a result, uh, we found ourselves sometimes paying out multiple because it's the Super Bowl, right? If the guy mentions teammates, we don't want to, you know, say, well, he technically didn't thank him to those players that would bet teammates. So mm-hmm. we did end up finding ourselves in a lot of player friendly uh, settlements, but now we do put that qualifier mentioned. So as long as they're mentioned in any breath, he, he could be crapping on the coach. If he mentions <laughs> the coach first, hey, that technically counts. I also love the idea that you guys have your own, uh, not to nerd out here, but uh, Game of Thrones, ask Lord Varys, master of whispers on the ground, <laughs> looking at what the halftime show uh, script is is playing out as. But just like Varys, so you have to be uh, mindful of whose side he's on, right? Uh, you oh. know, he's not always uh, giving you the, the whispers that you should be hearing or you want to be acting on. So you have to be mindful. You know, some of these guys that are down there, you know, they have been known to throw out uh, some false flags some uh, smoke that doesn't actually mean anything just in hopes of getting bets down elsewhere. So it's a, it's, it's a fun field trusting people for the halftime rehearsals of the Super Bowl, but that's okay. It's a, it's a very bizarre time and uh, one that I embrace uh, fully every year. I'm glad it's only two weeks though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've only got a, a couple of more things here. We've already gone pretty long. I did want to ask you a technical question though. Traditionally, you know, lines suggest that playing at home during the regular season or the playoffs is worth about three points to the home team. Does that apply here for the Rams or does the nature of the game kind of change that? I think there's a couple of things there. Uh, the, the nature of the game itself doesn't uh, apply because you're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, j- just people with, uh, you know, fat wallets at these games, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that are there for the spectacle of the game itself mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily because they have a rooting interest uh, in one of the two teams, uh, especially those two marketplaces. LA is a big market, but fandom for the LA Rams isn't massive in the LA region. And I think we saw that uh, their last two games against the 49ers, both in week 18 and in the playoffs, there's a good deal of 49ers fans. Uh, especially yeah. in the playoffs, uh, it, it might have been 50-50 or maybe even half of the 
49ers. So the Rams uh, on the best of days don't really enjoy a massive home field advantage. And that's kind of priced into how we looked at the Rams when they're playing at home this year. They were definitely under a field goal at home, one of the weaker home field advantages in the league. And so that only gets magnified in a Super Bowl where the, the tickets are available to absolutely anybody. Uh, the Rams can't, uh, you know, the Rams can't control how many Bengals fans are going to be there or fans of just football in general. So uh, th- we do treat this as a pure neutral site game. Uh, the Rams will have no advantage whatsoever, aside from the very marginal one of being familiar with, uh, I guess, the turf on the field. But otherwise, uh, we don't expect uh, the, the vast majority of home field advantage does come from the fans being able to lean in on a call, the psychological uh, aspect of, you know, I, I guess, you know, turning a borderline call into a pass interference, but also the way that a good fan, uh, a good fan base, sorry, and Green Bay is a great example. Uh, Kansas City is one of the best examples, one of the best ones that still holds up that knows how to properly get up and make it loud for the opposing offense that's trying to configure what they're doing out there. Uh, that doesn't really exist in the Super Bowl that often. It's a loud event, but it's a chaotically loud event, which doesn't necessarily benefit either side and certainly not the Rams in this game. Interesting. That's um, fascinating to hear uh, because I, I, I was curious how much of a home field advantage that the that books would consider this to be for Rams. And I think you're right. I think it is probably none whatsoever. Um, looking at the halftime show, is there, where, where's the action right now? What, what are people putting their money on? Oh, well, right out of the gate was, uh, will, <laughs> will uh, Snoop Dogg uh, smoke on stage? Will mm-hmm. he light up a doobie? That was really, really popular with, uh, with players. Uh, I, I guess because technically in California and in Los Angeles, uh, can smoke weed indoors, um, which is kind of an odd thing. But uh, so, and and hey, listen, if he was going to get a fine for this game, uh, you know, he could certainly afford it anyways. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's that kind of stuff. Will uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, smoke a joint on stage? Will Eminem uh, wear a hoodie or not? Uh, for whatever reason, I, I guess this is, I, I still don't understand NFTs, Chris. I'm trying, I'm really trying. No, but for whatever neither. reason, we had a request, will any Bored Ape Yacht Club character make an appearance? I, listen, everyone's buying one of these Bored Ape things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do. I don't know if they have any kind of social utility to them that allows me to be a member of an exclusive club that I'm not yet aware of. <laughs> but th- this, uh, I mean, we-, we talk about crypto every day at Bavada and, you know, cryptocurrencies I get, uh, you know, decentralized exchanges I get. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in a lot of this stuff, but the NFT is just simple JPEGs. I, I don't get it. I just saw one sold for 360000 to a rival sports book. So clearly someone finds some value in them. But for whatever reason, the betting marketplace now has it that it is minus 230 that a board eight Yacht Club character makes an appearance. I don't know if that means it's a hologram or whatever, <laughs> but like clearly there's some kind of like marketing behind uh, this massive NFT project. Uh, I, I, I'm familiar with the board eight Yacht Clubs. I've seen them look like nice drawings of apes. That's it. I, 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 I don't get it, but uh, I, I do hope it takes off because uh, anything that's good for crypto is broadly good for somebody like me um but yeah so so we lose money if a board ape is shown we lose money if snoop dog smokes on stage you lose um, money if for that because I, I that's where my money would have been and uh i would say the most popular bet right now is uh for the first song performed uh next episode uh we we lose a good deal of money if next episode is the first uh, song performed at halftime but that's a great song i won't lose too much sleep if i get to hear that as someone who routinely hates halftime shows i dare say chris i'm actually kind of interested in this one it's a, a spectacular group of performers it's just a matter of uh, what they actually let them do i love uh i love california love at 150 at bavada for the last song performed that feels like a logical closer um and also you know i don't i don't know how appropriate it is for me to give picks but <laughs> i'm pretty bad at it so take it as you will uh, the <laughs> one thing that feels like an absolute home run for me is how many players will throw a pass during the super bowl i saw bavada had that prop at, that over under a two and a half the over feels like 
slam dunk there. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think this is something that uh, th this prop is uh, one we offer every Super Bowl. And we've definitely seen a collapsing in the price from, you know, five, 10 years ago to where we are today. This is something that was, you know, three to one, four to one, way out there. Uh, what we do see is, uh, and it, it's not too surprising because generally see, uh, speaking, we do see, you know, good, decent, thoughtful analytics, uh, outside of the box kind of thinking teams make the Super Bowl more often than not. It's not enough to just be good. You have to be crafty. You need to be creative. Uh, you know, we know the LA Rams have players on their teams that can throw passes that mm -hmm. aren't named Matt Stafford. Uh, Odell Beckham almost had a TD pass in the playoffs this year. He had a deep pass, but he didn't go all the way. Uh, you can currently get this at plus 125. Uh, it has collapsed a little bit. It did open at plus 150. So you are losing a little bit of what you could have got on that. But uh, it does speak to the fact that uh, this prop, again, much higher payout in recent years. Uh, you know, it could be the punter. It could be the wide receiver on one of these screens. I, I think if the 49ers had beat the Rams, you know, they have a lot of guys that are capable of mm -hmm. doing that on both sides of the ball. And, you know, whether it's catching, throwing. So that is a popular one, but it has been interesting to see that kind of payout uh, collapse a little bit in recent years. I wonder if uh, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I wonder if our Philly special uh, had anything to do with that. You know what? Uh, I, I do think, uh, and, you know, hey, congrats. Congrats to uh, Peterson, because I think he just got a job at the Jaguars, right? Mm -hmm. He did? Yeah. Well yeah, deserved. So that, yeah, very well deserved. I was always a big fan of his. I thought, you know, what he was doing in Philadelphia was very forward thinking, great analytics office there. Uh, you know, more aggressive, you know, the NFL, you know, it, it evolves ever so slowly, but he was one of those guys that really helped push it along. So I'm great, to, uh, really happy to see him get a front office job. Hopefully he can turn around uh, in uh, a, a team like the Jaguars that are pretty dysfunctional on all sides of the ball, but also because I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. But yeah, cred credit to Peterson, credit to the Philly special, because anybody that knocks out the Patriots in the Super Bowl is a friend of Pat Foro, because every time the Patriots win the Super Bowl, we get absolutely crushed. Uh, I, I wish I could say I, I like Brady for other reasons, but all I can associate with him is pain. So uh, bless the Eagles for that Super Bowl win and bless the Philly special. Well, I believe uh, I believe we we took one from the Patriots, but also had one taken from us uh, by the Patriots so many years ago with the, the yeah. spectacular Terrell Owens game. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, we've covered a lot here. Is there anything we haven't hit that you want to hit before we get out of here? Almost assuredly, but uh, that's because there's a thousand different props on the website, Chris. And I think if we tried to get through the rest of them, uh, you and I would be going right up until kickoff. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a treat. He's been Patrick Morrow. I've been Chris Orwardell filling in for Seth Everett. This has been the Bavada at Odds podcast. Bet early, bet often, and enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Until next time. Good luck, everybody.